0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is Book Music. I am Tosh Berman. And I'm Kim Lee. And we here, both of us, to discuss a book called Along Comes the Association Beyond Folk Rock and Three-Piece Suits by Russ Jagger and Ashley Ren Collins, published by Rare Bird Books. And it's a pretty recent book for us, right? It's another new, sort of a newish book for us to do.
1: Yeah, I think it just came out in
0: March. So. Yeah. So Very the new. Association. Did you ever listen to the Association in your? I only or?
1: knew, you know, the hit songs "Windy," "Cherish," "Never My Love," "Along Comes Mary," and that was it. So. Um, Everything else was new to me, and they're not a band I had really thought about, you know, or listened to recently. So
0: you're not aware of their other hit, Pandora's Golden Heebie-Jeebies?
1: No, I was not aware of that. No, I was not. You didn't
0: know Pandora's Golden (laughs) Heebie-Jeebies?
1: Well, you know, keep in mind, I was still in the single digits when all of these songs came
0: out, so. Me too. I haven't haven't listened to AM radio in quite a while. (laughs) But they were. The band of AM radio. They were the keen of AM radio when I was growing
1: Yeah, up. well, I didn't realize just how popular they were. I mean, he points out that they had three songs on BMI's top 100 most listened songs, one of them being number two.
0: And by the way, he print all 100 songs. Yeah, the-
1: that was a fun list to read. It was kind of interesting. <laughs> it was crazy. I know. With his, with was-
0: his songs, uh the black <laughs> yes yes they were ah. highlighted yeah bolded.
1: <laughs> yes well that makes sense that makes yes, sense <laughs> uh but yeah never my love was number two that's that's pretty impressive and you know what was number one you, you did you notice it's you've lost that love and feeling i think i think that's because of your dad Yes. That's the song your dad just played over and over and yes. over, made you keep playing it for him in the yeah. studio.
0: <laughs> I think my dad did that for Phil Spector personally. Just make sure it's number one. Just by playing in the studio, and my dad's. Your art studio over and over and over again. yes
1: yes <laughs>
0: and whenever he goes to a jukebox <laughs> exactly a bar my dad played that song over yes. and over and over
1: oh, that's a pretty great song
0: it is a great song i would never think it was number one though but
1: no i was surprised it was an interesting list because it was really predominantly 60s songs yeah um and i was kind of thinking god i don't think there was like any cole porter or no. george gershwin or anything like that on no. there and it's um, but, you know, it was also just BMI, you know, mm-hmm. so it didn't include any ASCAP or who were the other big uh, music publishers. So,
0: yeah. I
1: don't
0: know.
1: It's <laughs> one of those list things, yeah. you know, it's fun yeah. to read, but you have to take it with a grain of salt. But still, so, the impressive yeah. point is they were quite popular. and Very popular. I, I think they're still, you know, those songs are still very popular songs. Yeah, it's the classics. Yeah, definitely.
0: There's like Be- there's Beethoven, Bach, and association.
1: There you go. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> now I was talking with a friend about the association the other day, and I said, "You know, they're a little on the precious side for me." And he said, "Yeah, but they're aggressively precious,"
0: <laughs> huh. which
1: I thought was pretty funny. It's like they they really stick it to you.
0: <laughs> you know, as a child or as a young teenager, they always struck me as very strange, bad because. As the as the 60s got more crazier, uh-huh. and their contemporary bands that were you know like Mamas and Papas and, yeah. and those that sort of groups who look sort are of not outrageous but definitely look you know definitely going towards the hippie era yeah.
1: but,
0: or in the hippie era,
1: Yeah.
0: association who are, are you can argue that they are part of the hippie era, yet look nothing like hippies.
1: No, they're so square looking. And right before we did this recording, I um, watched on uh, the Criterion Channel has like mm-hmm. the whole uh, Monterey Pop. Well, not oh. the whole thing, but they have quite mm-hmm. a bit up there and mm-hmm. they have the opening number of the association because he does discuss a lot how they opened mm-hmm. up Monterey Pop. Yes, The first big music festival, pop music festival. And they were the first band to play and they opened it with Along Comes Mary. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really good. It was good, but they look so square. I mean, they're wearing you know leisure suits or sport suits or whatever they call them. piece suits. You know ties, and uh, wow. it's kind of it's hysterical when you think that at that same festival it was you know Janis Joplin and Jimi Hendrix and mm-hmm. the Who, and and they were all so outrageous.
0: <laughs> so you wonders how at least one member of the band was a a junkie, a heroin addict, right? And the others are probably like big time potheads. Right. Yeah, he why, talks a lot about that. Why do they, how do they have that image?
1: Um, I think that wasn't unusual in that era that people sort of hid a lot of that kind of stuff. It wasn't, you weren't out and out about it. I mean, even, you know, people would still sort of feign shock when, um, you know, the Stones or the Beatles got busted for drugs. It was kind <laughs> of, oh, you know, and it's like, even though people knew what was going on, it was still sort of this you know, fake shots. why
0: does a group that looked like so 1963 still look like 1963 and 1967?
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think he does talk a little bit about how that made them stand out because they didn't look like everybody else.
0: They really uh, stood out.
1: Yeah, yeah. I guess it was a little, you know, I mean, it sounds like it was somewhat of a conscious decision to sort they, of have this fake square quality. You know?
0: <laughs> they, they stood out so much. That I would never ever buy. A association record is as a teenager. yeah.
1: They yeah they weren't cool when you were a teenager.
0: I mean, look, like the Jimi Hendrix Experience, right? You know, right? An airplane. You know, they look kind of gnarly and colorful outfits, and you know, psychedelic. Yeah. And then, along comes Association, mm-hmm. and they're like total square looking.
1: Yeah, yeah. I know. It's pretty funny.
0: No, I have never turned the radio dial down or the volume down whenever any of their songs come uh, on the radio.
1: Right. Okay. Terrace, you
0: know, windy, along comes Mary. I actually you know,
1: love "Along Comes Mary." To me, that's really kind of a perfect pop song. I like that one a lot.
0: It is a perfect pop song. It is a great song. It was written yeah. by a guy named Tandon Almer, and he's an interesting figure. Hmm. He's like a total eccentric. Uh, somebody who was slightly out of place, out of time, ended up becoming Brian Wilson's best friend in the early '70s. Oh, wow! They, they co-wrote. They co-wrote. He wrote a couple of songs with Brian um, during the um, um, uh, Holland or Surf up period, and um, and also Almer made reportedly the best bong ever
1: okay <laughs> hey, we all have our skills
0: <laughs> he he basically built and sold bong that was like the best bong ever
1: wow okay
0: i for some reason i don't think tandon almer himself wore a three-piece suit
1: yeah probably not <laughs> i wonder how they dressed uh you know when they weren't on stage <laughs> wonder if they were a little hip or leisure suit I feel like it was funny because I felt like a lot of the book he was sort of defensive about their sort of non-hip,
0: yeah, you know, perception. Mm-hmm. It,
1: you know, he kept trying to say no. You know, we were all doing drugs and sleeping around,
0: and yeah. <laughs> it very, felt
1: very defensive.
0: <laughs> very rock and roll.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So party you know,
0: animals. Nobody party. Apart. Nobody party hard harder than the Association.
1: That's that's what it sounds like. But it did make me laugh that he was, you know, it was def- there was definitely a feeling of defensiveness about that.
0: In the but you what's interesting is that he, you know, he drops names throughout the book. Uh-huh. And as he should, because it's his book and he knows or. Well, and he
1: genuinely knows those people. Yeah. yeah, of course. Yeah.
0: I mean, he actually French kissed Milton Burrow. That was pretty interesting.
1: I know. That was a pretty funny story. <laughs>
0: He actually French kiss Milton Berle.
1: I know. Who knew? Who, Who knew? <laughs> he was such
0: a perv. That <laughs> you know, it was interesting about um, okay, the term, this music, like my mom's and papas, the association, um, um, some other you know, Los Angeles you know, orientated bands, even the Beach Boys, the term mm-hmm. sunshine pop. Yeah. Um. Which he does not. Yeah, he doesn't like that term.
1: No, it seems like he hated it.
0: He hates, and I can understand because he's taking it very literally. I think.
1: Right. That's, well, he also just hated all labels. He seemed yeah. to really bristle at, at any of the labels that would be attached well, to them.
0: Right. Any man who met Moon Dog in person and had a conversation with him is perfectly okay with me.
1: There you go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and he met Moon Dog somewhere sometime in the '60s.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was a good story. He was talking about meeting Moondog in New York, yeah.
0: And almost becoming a member of the Mother's Invention, with you know, for right. Zappa.
1: Right,
0: right. So there's a scourge of underground culture merging with the association. Yeah. It doesn't seem obvious, but it's there.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, they knew everybody that was on the scene, especially in L.A. and the whole yeah. troubadour, you
0: know. And they um, were like the and they were the troubadour like house band, right?
1: Right. Well, was it the association or the previous band, the men?
0: The, the men. The men were like I guess, especially, yeah. like, and they had like ten house members. Band. Right. <laughs> it's like a like a mini That's orchestra. Crazy. Yeah. And uh, association is like six to seven members. Right. That all sing, you know. They all vocalize. So association is known for their harmonies, their um, uh, making it songs. Uh huh. Um, and 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 along comes Mary, the song by Tandon Almer is Mary. It's like Mary Jane. I guess everything about marijuana.
1: Right. It was somewhat controversial. Although it was interesting that he pointed out that a lot of Catholic schools use the song as a sort of a
0: theme. <laughs> theme. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-uh.
1: <laughs> so you know, marijuana, Virgin Mary. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs>
0: So, okay, the good thing about the book, I didn't, that book to me is, like, is so-so. It's interesting, and there's a lot of interesting aspects of it, but overall, it could use a tighter editing, right? Right, that's
1: what I thought, too. You know, it reminded me a lot of the Debbie Harry book. It's like, uh, you know, this is a person who, you know, obviously led a really interesting life. He was hanging out with interesting people, and Mm -hmm. um, it just... It, there was something missing from the writing. It, it, it felt, you know, there was a lot of repetition, much like in the Debbie Harry book. Yeah, and, um, yeah it just felt like it could use some tighter editing. And, well, what are you and then, do
0: you got? And then the other thing that's missing is, you know, he talks about the party, and it's not, you know, when you read about it, it's not like outrageous decadence, you know. Right. It's not Led Zeppelin. <laughs> right.
1: They weren't tearing apart hotel rooms.
0: No. <laughs> instruments. Yeah.
1: <laughs> having orgies
0: yeah nothing like that or at at least not exposed in the book
1: yeah
0: but they were surrounded by very interesting people and i wish that he actually spoke more about these people Mm -hmm. like tantrin almer Yeah, you know like who is this guy this guy is kind of a mysterious cult figure now um he's sort of a songwriter who wrote the one big hit Along comes Mary, but apparently everybody thought this guy's great. He's going to be, you know, this huge presence in the music world. He's going to be really right. big because he knew how to write, you know, commercial songs, and he, you know, he, he, was, he was very skilled in that. But yet he sort of disappeared. You know, he made the best bong ever. <laughs> you know, so what what happened to Mr. Ulmer's uh, you know, work? Mm-hmm. And I listened to some of the music.
1: Used that bong a little too much.
0: <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, it sounds like to me he was a very, he was sort of, um, um, you know, I, I Wikipedia's name, of course, you know, so this, this information is coming from Wikipedia, so you could take it as it is. Right,
1: right. And he, you
0: know, he ended up with Brian Wilson for a while in the 70s. Uh, and he, you know, apparently he was accused or he may have took some of Brian Wilson's studio equipment. Mm. You know, so there's you know something like that. He had, maybe had an affair with Brian Wilson's wife at the time. Mm. Um, yeah. You know, well, I'm to guessing
1: jagger didn't feel like it was his story to tell. I don't know.
0: No, and that's what that, that's, and I've got a feeling that sounds like that, a book
1: you should write, Tosh. Yes. <laughs>
0: Along comes Tosh. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> totally.
0: But yeah, that, that's another thing about um, um, jagger's book is that it's very, um, it's very protective the people yeah. who knows and stuff. You know, he doesn't well, have... Any...
1: Yeah, I think he wasn't comfortable telling other people's stories. No. I get, that. I get that.
0: But me researching this, I got curious. Yeah. And there's a lot of actually, this is actually the great thing about the book is actually, I think I'm going to buy like three or four records out of this book.
1: Oh, okay. What do you One got is the,
0: the Tandran Ulmer, who got a record on Sunday's, on Sunday's records they reissued his demos. Oh. I think it's called Along Comes um, Tandon." <laughs>
1: okay.
0: <laughs> uh, which is pretty interesting, you know, soft pop. And then the producer of the first uh, Association album, which is called yeah. And Then Along Comes Association, the very first right. album, is right. produced by a guy named Kurt Bultcher. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing his name right, but it's B-O-E-T-T-C-H-E-R. So Kurt Vulture. Right?
1: So he has a record.
0: Well, he's an interesting guy himself. He he's sort of like a Brian Wilson figure in this whole Sunshine Pop World. Oh, okay. He made various albums and recordings with various people, you know. And funny way that whole scene is like, you know, the way I look at it, it's like Brian Wilson is like the godhead, right? He's or right. he and then there's all these sort of interesting, strange characters underneath Brian Wilson. Yeah includes the Beach Boys themselves, you know, Mike Love and, the, you know, yeah. Dennis Wilson, of course, and the Crazy Father. But also, you know, all these other characters that were, were playing, doing music in Los Angeles in the uh, mid-60s. Yeah. And that, of course, includes the association. You know, to me, in my mind, a sort of part of that um, Beach Boys or Brian Wilson world. Aesthetically yeah. speaking, you know, they all knew each other. And-
1: yeah, they definitely remind me. That's the first thing I think of is the, is the Beach Boys, when I think, you know, to compare them to somebody else.
0: Yeah. So, Kurt Bochor is like, is, a, is this cult-like figure uh, that nobody knows about his personal life at all, uh-huh. um, he, who um, um, made a couple of records. He made one album I heard this afternoon. It's really good, and I'm surprised I never listened to it before. 'Cause this is sort of like the ultimate Sunshine Pop album of all Sunshine Pop. Oh. And it's a group called the uh Molineum. M- Molineum. Am I pronouncing it right? Help me kill me. I- L I uh,
1: I don't know who you're talking about. M
0: I L L E N N I U M.
1: Oh, Millennium?
0: Thank you. <laughs> I, have, I have trouble pronouncing certain words.
1: I know, I know. It's interesting. Um, no, I, I'm not familiar with them.
0: And it's a studio band that um the Boltrip put together. They made one album, only one album. They never toured, never did played Did They have live. a hit? No.
1: Is this in the 60s? The yeah, 67-68. Okay.
0: Oh, okay. It was issued by Columbia Records. Oh, and it's a, it's a really I only one listening, just one listen. And it. it's
1: it's would fall under the genre of this so-called sunshine pop?
0: Yes. Okay. Yeah, uh, but it, it, sort of like chamber orchestra or chamber pop, mm. sunshine pop. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I mean, Jugger is right. You can't really categorize music too much.
1: No, it's always a losing game.
0: Yeah, and I think- It's not you know, really
1: the... interesting in the end, you know, who cares?
0: And sunshine pop, which always turned me off too, because when everybody tells me, oh, this is like a sunshine pop record, I mean think, all oh, the some happy go luckily super optimistic yeah. and sweet you yeah. know yeah blah blah blah, blah. yeah. But, <laughs>
1: but
0: in reality, a lot of these records have like a dark tinge or a dark. Oh, absolutely!
1: Head. It's that sort of contrast, you know. It's, it, the music sounds happy, but the lyrics might be sad, or the subject matter is sad, and
0: or um, or these people are questionable. You
1: know, or it's it's aggressively sunshine pop.
0: <laughs> yes. Yeah. like Kurt and like Tandem Almer seem like to be very interesting characters of that yeah. that type of music, oh, okay. and um, it's and and I, I'm slight not disappointed. That's, a, that's a too big of a term word, but I'm happy for this book to introduce me to these people. That yeah. he himself doesn't really write about them greatly. You know, I mean, it might yeah. be like two so pages on 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 Kurt Vulture and and there's very little on on, on uh, Tandem Almer. Yeah. Um, he I guess Almer used to play with um, Mason Williams, who somebody I know of, who was a um he made an instrumental record called In the Classical Gas, which was a huge hit when I was a child. And and he was also a comedy writer for The Smother Brothers.
1: Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, it was fun to listen to him talk about the Smothers Brothers. I remember watching them as a kid and loving them.
0: Yeah, me too. That was like sort of the hip show to watch. Yeah,
1: you know? yeah. yeah.
0: And most yeah. ones come came from like a folk rock or not folk rock, I mean, but about folk music
1: Are they yeah, but they worked that, at, yeah like, they like, do stuff at the troubadour, and yeah they were definitely mm-hmm. part of that scene
0: um but but also different association has a comedy aspect of it, apparently on stage it, they they comedy skits of sorts,
1: yeah, and they had uh you know they did this sort of machine opening, uh, I actually just posted a video of a uh, of them doing "Along Comes Mary" to our Facebook page, where they do the machine opening that you talked about in the book.
0: I heard the record. I heard the. I, I didn't see it yet, but I I heard yeah. the, the actual track of it. I like it. Yeah, it's yeah. like introducing the band.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was sort of their shtick. Yeah. <laughs> you had to have shtick back then, I think. Yeah, it you know? <laughs> was part and, of the '60s.
0: <laughs> and another person, and this is actually one of the one of the pluses of the book. He also brought up a person by the name of Judy Seal. Right. Judy spelled J-U-D-E-E, Judy uh-huh. Seal, who um, they had a, uh, I don't think they had an intimate relationship, but it seemed like they're like best friends type of Good uh, relationship. Yeah. And um, I have heard of her from some years. I mean, she's just the, sort of the ultimate cult, folk, pop, music figure, you know, and uh-huh. I never heard her. And um, so today I was into Judy Seal, and she's quite interesting. Have you heard oh, her okay. music?
1: At all? no i haven't i didn't, I'd never even heard of her before I read the.:
0: book. She has a good voice she her music is very seems like to be inspired by Bach a little bit huh. she has but it's, but, it's, but it's very arranged music there's like strings and you know it's it's very well produced music mm-hmm. um, So it's not really folk music it's sort of a chamber pop music, I guess mm-hmm. and she has little Bach phrases here and there
1: mm-hmm. and
0: um and she's a really interesting person. She's, um, she's from the San Fernando Valley, where I went to school. And she was you know, very much like a, a Valley chick. I mean, she got involved with crime. She robbed a couple of liquor stores with her boyfriend at the time. Oh, really? Yeah, <laughs> uh, as a teenager or, or very young girl. Uh-huh. And uh, you know, she had a huge like heroin issue and, uh, wow. you know, she made this, you know, she made music. She made about two yeah. albums. Um, and everybody Are they thought, still available? They yeah, available especially available? now. It's been reissued.
1: Oh, okay. You
0: know, and, it, 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 and you know, now she has sort of an underground following now, a cult following.
1: Right.
0: And he does write about her. He writes about, you know, he, he actually spent some time talking yeah, about Yeah,
1: yeah, he did talk about her a good amount.
0: But the beauty of books like this, really, is not the book itself is important. It's a good resource book in a way
1: right. um yeah anybody interested in this scene should read the book because yeah yeah it's it's definitely essential there's good well, information
0: here yeah for me i actually picked up stuff that i'm eventually gonna buy you know some music out of this
1: yeah
0: you know and it's very really, i mean interesting you know there's a lot of stuff he doesn't talk about um it's kind of amazing i'm gonna bring up one thing that's kind of a dark overture um there's a member of the band, Jim Yester, who's part of the association. And uh-huh. his brother is Jerry Yester, uh-huh. who I have heard of, because he was a member of the Loving Spoonful. Oh, okay. And it seems like the Loving Spoonful were, and association were kind of you know touring partners, or you know, they had a connection uh-huh. besides sharing you know the talents of Jerry Yester, who produced the second album. And Jerry Yester was a member of the Loving Spoonful for years and years and years. And uh, in 2017, he got arrested for uh, child pornography. Oh, no. So yeah. Lemmy Grunfowl dropped him. And I think he had his 1st sort some of jail term. He pleaded guilty. Um, oh, wow. And again, so, so, so it, you know, of course, I bring this up on the show. Uh-huh. And you know, it's like brought up in the book at all.
1: You know, if, memoirs are always interesting. What people choose to reveal and discuss, and not reveal and discuss. It's sort of
0: and and it doesn't have to. I'm not saying it's not saying. You know, it's not it's not his responsibility to do so. It's not. You know, yeah. It, I mean, I don't
1: know. That doesn't really necessarily have anything.
0: Not to do not with part of his. That. You know, it's not part of his narrative of sorts. Yeah, yeah. It's but,
1: it's, to his life.
0: but but for me, its a coloration is so like out there and so interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's like this person that's doing sunshine pop turns out to be a super creep.
0: Yeah, or that, yes. But but also just the, the the nature of that music is actually quite rich. And you're getting his point of view of it in that world. I mean, that's really, actually, one of, the other strong point of the book is him talking about Los Angeles clubs, you know, like in Pasadena, yeah. Los Angeles, the Troubadour lifestyle, right. you know,
1: right.
0: all that type of stuff. right. But again, he does avoid the darkness and more is more upbeat. He's definitely more upbeat about his history and as well as the time around that, that you know that period. Yeah.
1: Now, did you go to the Troubadour a lot in the sixties?
0: I not in the sixties, but I did go there during the punk era. Um, oh, okay.
1: Because I've surprisingly not been to the Troubadour that many times. Maybe two, three times most. Because uh-huh. I did most of my clubbing in the 80s and they were really into like the heavy metal stuff. then.
0: You know, so, Troubadour like, changed a lot, you know. Like, it uh, kept changing. The original Troubadour was like, was like a folk club. Right. You know, and comedians, like the Smother Brothers or a stand-up comic would do something there. I would not be surprised if Lenny Bruce played there, for instance, you know.
1: I think, yeah, I think that, didn't he come up somewhere? Or maybe in something I was reading. I think he did play there. They said that was like the West Coast place that he played.
0: And I know my dad saw Miles Davis there. Oh
1: wow.
0: Oh, so what cool. the, the booking the booking aspect of the troubadour is that whoever plays there have to play for a week.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
0: So if James Taylor played there, he had to play for a week. When Elton John first came to America, his first show was at the troubadour, and right, he, was, right. he would have to People play think a week about
1: that. Yeah.
0: so hmm. so the booking policy was always that time in the sixties that any artist who plays there had to play for a week.
1: Well, that's pretty nice, actually, because then they could really get a nice range of people who would be exposed to them. Yeah, and that's I, really great for an up-and-coming artist.
0: Yeah, but even if you're, even though you're successful, you still would have to. Oh,
1: Okay. Read, you, you have to read it
0: by there for a week.
1: Right, no exceptions. Okay, I like. Yeah,
0: it. I'm, so I'm sure there's some music historians there, or Los Angeles historians, who'll probably. We'll give more information if they you know the yeah, stuff
1: Yeah, but the Troubadour is an interesting club. I mean, it's been around forever. It's still there. I mean, I drive past yeah. it all the time, but it's really changed over the years, for sure.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. But place. it's such
1: an integral part of the LA 60s scene. I mean,
0: it, it is. Practically it is.
1: anybody who was anybody at that time period in Los Angeles played at the Troubadour. And, yeah. and they're legendary shows.
0: So. Yes. Well, like Elton John. I mean, that show... Yeah. Yeah. those things of shows he did in Los Angeles after Troubadour really made right. it. Right,
1: I mean that broke him uh, in the states for yes.
0: sure. So that's all so that was that's very interesting that, that him covering the club scenes I thought was really good.
1: Yeah, I didn't know too much about those other clubs that he talked about, the Ice House.
0: Ice House, house was, was very famous too. Is you know, yeah. I never go to Pasadena cuz Pasadena to me at that time was another world. House, uh, yeah, they, I don't think they had a freeway that went there then, right? <laughs> <laughs> at least not, not not that I was aware of. <laughs> but um um but at the time that you know patina had a very active music scene in there, right, right. they had the clubs there and stuff and the association was very much part of that world
1: right and then there was another one in glendale
0: right mm-hmm. oh, yeah. So it was, it was good,
1: yeah 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 it's
0: yeah, really it was interesting. interesting so the book is really good like los angeles music history of that aspect right um it's good at um Conveying what touring is like for him, you know, with the band. Yeah, it, it, I
1: think anybody who wants to be in a band or is in a band would definitely enjoy reading it. And uh, you know, he kind of he talks a lot about the road culture, you know. And the yeah. musicians that I know, it sounds pretty much what they've told me. That's what it's like, you know. It's just kind of this grind of, I and mean, you find ways to amuse yourself, you know.
0: <laughs> and he and he talks about those package tours, like which which Dick Clark put together, and you know the where like, it's, I guess they have 20 minutes or they play with the. They you know,
1: still the... are doing those. I was yeah. kind of surprised. I Googled that and uh, they're still happy together tours. I mean, I guess they've been canceled, but I mean, they have mm-hmm. some for June. I saw June dates. So it was like, get your tickets at Ticketmaster. I mean, obviously I'm sure they're not doing them because of the, of the coronavirus, but yes. those are still going strong. And I mean, the association, this kind of made me laugh is they still tour, but it's not a single one of the original members. No. Um, some of them I think are the sons of one or two of the original members, but I like that.
0: I like, like the sons to original- take over.
1: Yes, yes, it's a family business, <laughs> but um, it was interesting because I was reading, I think on all music, uh, you know, I was reading like the bio of the band and and the guy said, you know, because they were so it was all about the harmonies, none of the guys sort of individually stood out that it was almost like an anonymous band yeah so it's interesting that you know they could just completely replace them all as long as they're technically talented i mean yeah. i I loved it it was funny as I started reading. I was like, well, this is the complete opposite of the garage band you know book we just read, and then there's a point in the book where somebody says yeah this is this is music a garage band would never cover because it's so technically proficient, you know you can't those harmonies are really pretty sophisticated no
0: that's um, very interesting because a lot of the this was happening around the same time as the garage rock stuff exactly
1: exactly yeah so there's these
0: totally different music scenes happening you know yeah. Um, yeah it's really interesting that is an interesting aspect
1: yeah yeah but I mean they have those gorgeous lush very sophisticated harmonies yeah um, I think that's probably what they're always going to be known for is
0: that And that's why they can play at weddings and, you know, corporations. uh, (laughs) Exactly. And
1: and they have a song about marijuana. So, okay. Along comes Mary. A little bit cool.
0: (laughs) (laughs) You're going to get the grandparents moving. It's nice.
1: There you go. There you go. Well, he did talk a little bit in the book about how, you know, they were sort of one of the first multi-generational bands that,
0: you
1: know, some of their music appealed to the kids and, and to the older people though back then older people
0: were people you know 25 to 30 <laughs> well for um, me you know as a, as a teenager you know I would not touch association right <laughs> like, yeah I mean, it, it was old people's music
1: yeah yeah yeah
0: it was square yeah yeah yeah, yeah. square yeah. in, my, in my point of view now it's you know totally retro so it's now it's like they were they were like on the they're a vanguard now <laughs> 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 they are yeah, they now are a vanguard band <laughs> right right
1: well they were you know Pushing the limits with those suits, I tell you. They wore the three-piece suit. Going against the grain.
0: They so did. Yes.
1: Respect
0: that. I totally respect that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, 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 though, though I, I do have some concerns about the book itself. I do respect his work, and I respect what he says in the book.
1: Yeah. And That's um, you know, if for people who are interested in that era and that scene. You know, the LA scene definitely worth reading for sure yeah
0: the association along comes association by yes. russ jagger and like Ashley
1: beyond folk rock and three-piece suits <laughs>
0: like there's anything beyond those it's
1: impossible.
0: <laughs> absolutely impossible yes yes
1: all right well all right. so Next one, okay, I think, I think we've decided what we're going to do. We're going to do a book called My British Invasion by Harold Bronson, who is the co-founder of the legendary Rhino Records. Yes. So hopefully uh, that will be an interesting book. I'm looking forward to it for sure. You and I both love all those British Invasion bands. The
0: Yardbirds, the Dave Clark Five, mm-hmm. Man for Man, Herman's Hermits, the Hollies, yes. the Frogs. The zombies. And oh, our, and our old friends, the kinks.
1: Yes, yes, we do love the kinks. That's already been established. Yes. So definitely, um, come and follow us on Facebook and Instagram and we are now on Twitter and um we will have playlists for this episode and we keep up all our playlists for our past episodes. And links to everything on our website, bookmusic.com, B-O-O-K-M-U-S-I-K.com. So we will see you next time.
0: Take care, everybody. Stay healthy.